Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and has called all believers to a higher standard of Christian living. If you'd like to learn and grow while understanding biblical teaching, then you're in the right place. Here is our shepherd, Pastor R.L. White Sr. Everyone knows we're in the Gospel according to John chapter 18. To all of my brothers and sisters watching this broadcast all over the world, blessings be upon you. Pastor White encourages you. Get a notebook, get a pencil, get a pen, take a few notes down, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you because God does have a word he wants to say. Father, I thank you in advance that you're opening up our spiritual eyes and ears. Thank you, Father, that we're going to hear from you today. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for understanding, Father. Speak through my mind, speak through my voice, Father, that others can hear you today. In Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Amen. This is part 57 of Connected. Amen pastor's talking about in the garden. Body of Christ, we have grown and we have developed and we have matured where we now recognize the tricks of the enemy. And in 2024, many of us are beginning to see even more clear how the enemy attacks the only reason you're able to recognize it clearer is because you are now on the what? Say it together. Perfect foundation. God is going to accelerate in your spirit before the enemy makes a move. And God spoke to me so loud today I almost had to pull my car over. Let's see what God has to say. Every Sunday you come to church, each week you tune into the broadcast, each week you make a commitment to learn more about God, God is expanding your physical mind and God is expanding your spiritual mind. Biblical knowledge supersedes any kind of knowledge that man may have. Say amen. We talked about last week with God, there are no losing seasons. I took that with me all week long. If you can say this, somebody say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Say it like you know it, I'm a, I'm a winner. Because we have been systematically studying God's word and not jumping all over the Bible, we have a clearer understanding of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit reminds us each day that as a believer, we are called to sanctification. And we know that sanctification simply means, ask your neighbor, have you been set apart? No, wait for an answer. Don't just throw stuff out. Ask them, have you been set apart? Because if you're looking just like the world, don't shake your head. Say amen. amen. You have not been set apart. The church, who's the church? I am not supposed to mirror the world. Set apart means I'm not supposed to do my own thing. Amen. Doing your own thing most of all means chasing money. I'm chasing my dreams. I, I'm chasing... I gots to be famous. Ah, I wish I had time. Yeah, I can't go there. Now I have a, I want to go there, but I, <laughs> Some of our so-called leaders got it wrong. I'm not chasing after fame. I heard somebody say, 
a lady say the other day who broke the internet. How I many of you know who I'm talking about? Monique? Uh, oh, now you remember. One of the main things Monique said was, as a little child, all I ever wanted was to be famous. As a believer, the number one thing that all of us should want to do, even as a child, where are my children at? Even as a child, the number one thing you ought to want to do is tell someone about Where's Mother Strickland at? As a child, we used to run around here as 8 and 10 years old talking about Jesus. Back in the day when I was a child, we used to go, Brother Randy, I used to go with your mother door to door witnessing to people about Jesus. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I can't go door to door anymore. Can you hand out a bracelet? Can you hand out a pamphlet? Can you let your light shine when everybody else is acting silly? Can you have self-control? Some of you on your phone right now, I'm going to wait for you. Because you haven't been set apart. When you've been set apart, your cell phone becomes secondary. When you've been set apart, money becomes secondary. When you've been set apart, trying to hustle becomes when you've been set apart, you don't have to chase after a man or chase after a woman. That becomes, because when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else you've been asking him shall be added. Clap your hands in the house. I haven't been set apart to do my own thing. That's where the church has got it wrong. I've only been set apart to witness for the kingdom of God. We haven't done this in a while. Get your finger out. Tell somebody, say, it's not about me. It's not about you. You know what to say. It's all about God. As a believer, Set a goal for yourself. It's not too late. This is only February. I'm going to try to influence someone every day for the kingdom. We are called every single day to witness, witness, and witness. Not for ourselves, but for the kingdom. Say amen. In today's lesson here in chapter 18, we're going to be looking at this particular verse, verse 4, verse 4 contains significant theological implications and it continues with the final hours of our Savior as he was still inside of the garden. Jesus' death upon the cross 2,000 years ago, his burial and his resurrection, we are still blessed to feel the effects of it today. Please stop writing for a minute. Put your hands on yourself because we are the church. Say, God, God is, is with me. By declaring God is with you, that means wherever you go, wherever you have been, God is with you. It's a blessing to see through new lenses. It's a blessing to hear with new ears how the Spirit of God is preparing the church. Jesus was preparing the disciples this very night because he was getting ready to leave and he was still instructing them and showing them how to conduct themselves. I was in the office this morning talking about one of the main fruits of the Spirit is self control. How wonderful it is the Holy Spirit opens up our minds. It is the Holy Spirit that is opening up your mind. It is not happening by chance. 
your understanding is growing because the Holy Spirit, he is literally opening up your mind. Things that didn't make sense, wax on, are starting to make sense because the Holy Spirit, say it for yourself, he's opening up my mind. See, I don't have to try to figure it out because he's doing it for me. And then when I stop trying to figure it out, life becomes a lot easier. If, if life is becoming a little bit easier for you, say amen. amen. Life becomes easier because we don't take on the responsibility of being responsible for ourselves. I'm not responsible for taking care of myself. I have a heavenly father. As we continue on our life's journey, spiritual journey is also very, very important. Just like you eat physical food, you need to eat spiritual food. And the way you eat spiritual food is by reading God's word, spending time meditating upon his word, spending time in dialogue with God, that's how we grow. This doesn't happen overnight. Somebody said, well, Pastor, I don't know if God's talking to me or not. God is speaking. He's always been speaking. This for everyone watching this broadcast, God is constant. There's never a time when God is not constant. It is us who's up and down on the roller coaster. But I dare you to say, Father, I repent. I repent for how I've been living. Oh, y'all quiet? I repent for some of the things I've actually said out of my mouth. I repent for the times I cursed my children. I repent for the times I cursed those that did me wrong. I guarantee you, when you repent, acceleration, it takes time to grow. Say, I am growing. This is God's house. Say it in here. I am growing. I am changing. I am developing. Stop being so hard on yourself. If you make a mistake, do, thank you. I, repent. Don't say, my bad. No, repent. Say amen. And church, church folk, we just stop saying, oh, I messed up. Stop, call it for what it is. Oh, some of y'all really quiet. I, I didn't mess up, I sinned. And I fell short. And Father, I'm sincerely sorry for what I did. And I'm telling you, church, when you grow up enough to repent for your sins, God will come in like a flood. And God is so gracious, the things you didn't even ask him for, he'll bless you with it. Maturing Christians, Christian maturity has nothing to do with your age. I'll be 56 years old, and I know people way older than me in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and 100s who act like spiritual babies. Christian maturity has to do with your understanding of self-control. And self-control does not come from a self-help book. Self-control doesn't come from listening to a podcast. Self-control comes from when you've been meditating and reading God's word and understanding his word, then you begin to know, I can't act like this anymore because it's not pleasing unto God. Self-control comes in. I don't have to act ugly because you treat me ugly. Self-control comes in while you're not clapping. I don't have to treat you like you treat me because I have self Say, I have self-control. 
here at Emmanuel Church, all the spiritual babies have now grown up. We are a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. We stand on the Word of God, and the Word of God stands throughout eternity. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but God said, my Word shall never, ever, Pass away. If God said I'm his son, that's eternal. If God called you daughter, that's eternal. Stop living your life in worry and stress. I know who I am. I, I know who I am. And if you really knew who you were, you wouldn't act the way you did. The reason people act the way they do, because they don't know who they are. Whew. Oh my goodness. Say amen, church. We have a clear understanding that we have God's transferred glory and God's transferred honor. Church, we are included in God's plan for redemption. And we are, we are included and every promise recorded in the Holy Scripture. Here in chapter 18, we see the foundation has been set that covers multiple events that took place that changed human history forever. This historical life-altering event is recorded in all four Gospels, and each writer presents Jesus from a special viewpoint according to the Spirit of God. The Garden. Gospel of John, chapter 18, we see that the foreknowledge of Jesus told him that Judas was going to betray him. And so Judas is reintroduced back into the events because of what he had been doing and what he was getting ready to do. Gospel of John, chapter 18, please find verse 4, pastor's reading from the Amplified Bible. John says, then Jesus, talk about foreknowledge, look at this, then Jesus, knowing all that was about to befall him, he got up and went out to them and said, Whom are you seeking? Whom do you want? Jesus asked two questions. Judas the betrayer, the fake companion of the, <laughs> yeah, he was fake. He led a group of soldiers and a group of temple guards directly to the garden because he had been there many times with Jesus over the past three and a half years. John says, Jesus, look at your Bible, knowing all, circle the word all. Jesus knowing all that was coming. There were no surprises to him. No one caught him off guard. Why? Because he is all-knowing, omniscient. Omniscient means all-knowing. If Jesus is all-knowing, this proves right here that Jesus is God. The more you are separated from the world, the more the Holy Spirit shows you what's wrong with the world. The more you are separated from the world, the more the Holy Spirit will show you future events. But he cannot show you future events if you're wrapped up, we used to say tied up, 
and, and entangled in the world system. This verse is amazing because I love how Jesus was not hiding. The Bible says he went out to meet them. It says he went out to meet them. That takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of self-control, Sister Lucretia, when you know your enemies are coming after you and you're not running. I, I told some of y'all last Sunday, some of y'all not ready for this, but I am no longer running from my enemies. I'm not doing it anymore. And that's a commitment the church needs to make. Well, I'm, I don't know if it'll work. It will work because God has already given you the power to have success. Stand up and declare, I am no longer running from my enemies. Now, remain standing, but put your hand down. How many of you have an enemy? If you're over seven years old, trust me. And I take that back because Satan and demons try to kill you in the womb. I am no longer running from my enemies. Say amen. When your enemies are all around you, you don't have to strategically run and hide. Jesus before they even came to arrest him. You know what he was doing in the garden? He wasn't eating, he had already done that. He wasn't breaking bread. The Bible teaches us when you read all four gospels that Jesus was in the garden praying. I encourage you church, when you don't know what to do, pray. Because when you pray, God allows power to come in. When you pray, look at pastor, you actually empty yourself. And when you pray, and if you stay there and allow the Holy Spirit to come in, he will come in and fill you with his power. Therefore, whatever you may be facing, it won't affect your self-control because you've already prayed. Why pray if you're going to worry? Why worry if you're going to pray? That doesn't make sense. Please keep in mind that no one forced Jesus to come out from praying. He came out on his own. He volunteered to come out because he made up his mind, I am no longer running from my enemies, not from the devil, because I told you this, the devil's not after everybody. And everybody watching this broadcast, stop saying the devil's trying to get me. You that important? Out of eight billion people, the devil's going to come to your door. And you don't witness for God? You don't live for God? You don't try to shine your light for God at all? But the devil's, no, the devil already got you. How many of you want to hear the truth? I, I'm not, I'm, uh, let, me, let me declare this. What time is it? 1244 on the second Sunday in February. Pastor White is not a motivational speaker. It's my responsibility to teach you what thus saith the Lord. And the Lord said, tell my church, tell the true church, make up your mind, I am no longer running. Jesus wanted to show them that nothing caught him off guard. This shows us that he had sovereignty over unfolding events. Jesus wanted to show them how to act and how to conduct themselves even in the face of adversity. Some of us need to repent for how we lost our cool. Oh, come on. 
Trust pastor, when you repent from certain things you've done in your past, I'm telling you healing takes place and you begin to stop carrying things that were done and said to you in your past, but you have to repent. Pastor, you can talk about anything, but don't talk about repentance, so let me stay here for a minute. When you repent, forgive me, Lord, for the times I should have read your word and I watched TV. Forgive me, Lord, the times I know I should have been praying and believing you, and yet I was walking around in fear. I don't live my life in fear. I live my life in faith. Why do you live your life in faith? All because of what the word says. And check this out. So here Jesus is on this night, coming out from praying, telling the guards, here I am. Who are you looking for? I'm not hiding. You see who I am. You may have hundreds of people. Why do you even have hundreds of people coming after me? It's only 11 of us. But you need to have an overwhelming force thinking you're going to intimidate me. It doesn't matter if everybody in the world's against you. Greater. See, some of y'all don't understand that because you're not here. Greater is he that is where? The Holy Spirit. God lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus wanted them to know how to act in the face of adversity. So when somebody comes up to you acting foolish, and I got to break it down, acting a clown, acting silly, you don't have to act like they act because you have somebody greater. Well, pastor, they say they're Christian too. If you call yourself a Christian, then display characteristics of being Christ-like. If you cursing just like the world, that's not Christ-like. If you're doing everything the world is doing, that's not Christ-like. Jesus shows us that he obeyed God, and this is for everybody watching. Jesus obeyed God for 33 and a half years. Say amen, church. God worked through his only begotten son, to fulfill his plan. And 2,000 years later, God continues to work through his sons and his daughters to fulfill his plan. Please write this down. I still hear this every once in a while, and I want to make sure that the church has a clear understanding. To work through someone means to do something with the help or the assistance of someone else. God wants to work through us. God wants to work through me. To work through someone means to do something with the help or the assistance of someone else. Please write this down so you know the difference. To use someone means, now listen to this. It literally means this, Brooklyn, to manipulate them for your own interest, especially against their own interest. People if anyone's trying to manipulate you, this shows us that people are being used by demons. God wants to work through us. The devil wants to use you. We are sons and daughters of God, and you have to say every day you get up, Holy Spirit, I'm available for you to work through me. Let me let my light shine no matter where I go today. Let my encounters not just be regular stuff, but let my encounters point people back to you. Say amen. Get your finger out. 
Tell everyone around you, God does not want to use you. I said, tell everybody around you, this is your time to get fancy. Everybody watching, listening, God does not want to use you because God does not have to manipulate us to do anything. That's the devil and his demons. It's not God's plan to use you. It's God's plan to work through you. It's not God's plan for families to be stuck in a cycle of poverty. It's not God's plan for families to have this generation went to jail. That generation went to jail. Oh, y'all quiet. That You got six generations and all of them went to jail. That's not God's plan. It's not God's plan for abuse to be passed down from generation to generation. The same trauma, say something somebody, that's not God's plan. That was the devil using people and manipulating them. It's not God's plan for addiction to destroy our families. Fentanyl is not a joke. That's not God's plan. Know that you are God's child. Know that you are a son and daughter of God. And most of all, know that he loves us with an unconditional love. God really loves me. Raise your hands up. Do you understand what you're saying? I didn't say your hand. I said your hands. And you say it in his house. God, you really love me. How, what a beautiful thing to know that he really, and can we be honest? He loves me knowing all of my faults. I'm going to shout. I'll shout by myself. He knows all of my failures. Come on. He knows all of my shortcomings. I know you perfect, but I make mistakes. God knows all that, yet he still loves me. Come on, give him praise in his house. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on me. Thank you, Jesus, for being so patient with me. He was patient with me even when I wasn't patient with others. It was clear that they were threatening Jesus' life in the garden. They were not there to talk to him. They were there to arrest him. And I'm going to look straight at the window up here. Anybody knows anything about being arrested knows that it's not a pleasant exchange. Most times they want to bind you where you can't move. Most times they might, I had a brother come in my office. Oh, this is real talk. There are no coincidences. There's a brother came in my office this morning. He's sitting right here now telling me how he just got jumped by people who were supposed to look after him. What the enemy meant for evil while you sitting there. God will turn it. God has turned it for your good. Turn around and clap your hands. Let's encourage our brother. I can't say his name, but he's here today. He didn't let the devil stop him. He was just beat up. And he came to church because he wasn't going to allow the devil to have victory. Come on, encourage him today. Please write it down. I'm not going to panic. 
Why, why am I not going to panic? Jesus was in the garden, but it doesn't say he was in the garden having a panic attack. Why did he not have a panic attack? Because he knew he was following the will of his father. The Holy Spirit will literally show you future events. The Holy Spirit is in control of every situation. Even when things come up, we don't understand. We have to say, Father, I trust you. If you allow this to happen, you have a greater plan for my life. And I don't know about you, but Lord, I'm here for it. Some of y'all act like you ready for six feet under. Man, I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. I am literally just... So it doesn't matter how the enemy and all of our enemies are different. All of us don't have the same enemies. But it doesn't matter how the enemy is threatening you. Remember, greater. I have the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what you say to me. Uh-oh, it really doesn't matter what you do to my body. We're not supposed to fear those that can destroy the body. Have reverence for the one that's in control of your soul. Jesus, here in the garden, by coming out to meet these soldiers, by coming out to meet the temple guards, Jesus was emphasizing his willingness to be obedient to the Father. Question. When things get challenging in your life, where's your willingness to say, through it all, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to have an anxiety attack. I'm just going to trust you, Lord. Stop saying what you, where those signs at? Stop saying what you can't do. You don't have to panic every time something comes up. Father, I trust you. Say amen. Jesus was willing to be obedient even unto death. Look at the middle of verse 4. Jesus says unto them, Who are you seeking? Who do you want? This is truly powerful because Jesus just questioned those who came to arrest him. You know how it is when you're getting ready to get arrested. The last thing you want to, I wish I could say what I wanted to say. The last thing you want to do when you look in that rearview mirror, and see, my heart don't get to pumping. Because if you stop me, you best have a good reason to stop me. I don't ride dirty. Pastor, you talking about my relatives. I said, I don't ride dirty. Jesus knew he was getting ready to get arrested. And they were going to restrain him. And they brought all these men to intimidate him. But the Bible never says, and you read in all four Gospels, it doesn't say Jesus ever lost his cool at all. Jesus said, who you're looking for? I am he. Stop running. Stop hiding. It's time for the church to stand up and say, here I am. You want to know how to live a better life? Here I am. You want to learn how to walk by faith? Here I am. You want to see a miracle? Here. You want to see somebody that God has turned their life around? Here. Here I am, Lord. John's gospel repeats over and over and over. It aligns perfectly because John is trying to prompt people to trust in God. Jesus is the son of God and he is God in the flesh. Who are you seeking today? Are you really looking for God? Are you really looking for Jesus? Are you just existing? A pastor, life doesn't have any meaning to me. Life is meaningless without Jesus. 
This is real talk right here. You can turn on the TV, and I've heard people say this all the time. I have millions and millions of dollars, but yet I'm lonely, I'm miserable, I don't have any friends, because I think all they want is my money. Some of y'all shaking your head. And all they want to do is, they just a groupie. You know what a groupie is? Uh-oh, oh, y'all playing dumb. Here we go. A groupie is people who just want to hang out and use you. Use you for your wealth, use you for your popularity, or use you for your talent. So make sure that you are not a groupie. Who are you seeking? The simple act of Jesus going out to meet them shows them that he voluntarily surrendered. It's not about what we want to do. Peter's going to find this out because Peter was always getting upset about something. And we'll see in a few days that Peter jumped up and tried to do something because he thought it was best. Write this down. God knows what is best for my life. And one thing I appreciate here, Reverend Perkins, Jesus teaches us a very valuable lesson. And please write this down. Stop being passive about your enemies. Why are you going to run and avoid people? Whew, I said a whole lot. Stop allowing demons and demonic people to walk over you or your loved ones. Stop fighting God. Why are you fighting God when he loved you so much? The Bible says he loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son. He sent his son to die for you so you could be empowered with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and this is my older members. If you want to say Holy Ghost, there's nothing wrong with saying Holy Ghost. Just make sure you got him. Here are all of these hundreds of people are surrounding Jesus in this garden, a peaceful place. And that's how the enemy works. The enemy always wants to disturb your peaceful place. But somebody get your hand out, say no more. And the reason we can say no more is because the Holy Spirit will show you in advance when Judas is coming. Wow. Jesus was showing them how to conduct themselves. He was always teaching, even in the final hours of his life. We have to remember this, maturing Christians, that any trial or any adversity that we face every day, and trust me, none of us are exempt, but whatever we face every day, remind yourself, dude, it's only temporary. When we live a life of obedience to God, there is an eternal blessing. It is so true. Only what we do for Christ. So the Pharisees, the priests, the Sadducees, even a few of the upper Roman authorities. I wish I could, but I can't today. They did question the identity of Jesus. Darkness will always be in contrast with spiritual light. The people who were coming to arrest Jesus, when did they come to him? At night. Because they were hiding. They had been plotting. They had been planning. They had been sitting down, getting together, breaking bread, how they could arrest our Savior. It doesn't matter how dark it might look in your life. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer, if the Holy, if the Holy Spirit is living in you, doesn't matter how dark it seems in the natural, I know God's got this. And I made up my mind, church, if I have to go through, I'm not going through on my own. It's all about your perspective and how you want to view what's in front of you. 
all of these soldiers were being used by the enemy. The presence, the fact that they bought swords and spears and rope shows us that they were willing to do, somebody just said it, whatever it takes to arrest one person. Demons in your home, on your job, in your family members, in your so-called friends. Demons, whether you know it or not, I'm telling you the truth, they will do whatever it takes to try to make you miserable. But make up your mind, I am no longer running from my enemies. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? You got somebody in your family always want to borrow money from you, and you know they ain't going to pay you back? Okay. I guess that's too close to home. They're just trying to use you. Demons are not playing with you. They're doing whatever they can to stop you from witnessing and testifying for God. But flip the coin on them. I'm going to do whatever I can to tell everybody I know about my Savior. His name is Jesus. He came to earth 2,000 years ago. He literally walked the earth. He's the only person that lived a perfect life. He did never sinned. He never did anything wrong. Yet they came against him this night to arrest him for disturbing their traditions. Traditions of men will lead you straight to hell, but the glory of God will lead you right to heaven. Demons want to block you from telling others how much Jesus loves them. Jesus died for the entire planet. Please remember, while Jesus' mission was one of peace and salvation, those who came to him this very night bought weapons. The world, please write this down and make it personal. The world is not your friend. There's hostility all around for those of us who confess Christ. If you are comfortable in the world, you need to check yourself. I'm going to say it again. If you are comfortable everywhere you go in the world, you need to check yourself. Here we see a tactical collaboration against Jesus. Isn't it amazing when you try to bring people together for good, it, you have a hard time getting people to come together. But let something bad happen. Then Congress wants to get together. The senators want to get together. All the mayors and governors want Why do we only get together when something bad happens? Because darkness cannot stand the light. And everywhere Jesus went for three and a half years preaching, he brought light, and light always exposes darkness. That's why your life is starting to change, because God is exposing darkness that's been hidden in your life that you haven't even recognized. We're faced with choices every day, and we cannot allow the secular world to rule. Say amen. The choices we make today will affect our journey tomorrow. Stand to your feet. Just like Judas, lift your hands to heaven. If someone has betrayed you, if someone has hurt you in the past, God is able to take that heartbreak. Come on, lift your hands and turn it into something good. What a night Jesus is preparing to experience that is going to change the world forever. You have been enlightened today. It is your mission. Everyone hearing my voice, it is your mission to go full speed this year 
and witness for the kingdom of God. When you're connected to the kingdom, then you're connected to someone that loves you. Someone that not only loves you, but he loves us with an unconditional love. And when you really get to know God, when you really get to know our Heavenly Father, you can say, Abba, Father. Your Son calls out to you, Father. And one thing, those of us who are saved, we know this. God is not only a prayer-hearing God. <laughs> but somebody say, I know. He is a prayer-answering God. Clap your hands. I know you received the word. Listen to Pastor. The Bible is truly life-changing. And the more you understand it, the more your life will change. Do like this. Come on. Come on, Brandon. Come on, Kevin Black. I'm no longer running from my enemies. Father, everyone that has enough faith to confess those words, thank you for accelerated growth, accelerated power, accelerated self-control where we don't have to run from the enemy. To everyone watching this broadcast, if you've never accepted Christ as Savior, accept him into your heart today. Knowing Jesus makes all the difference. He loves you, he died for you, and he wants to redeem you back into the family of God. How many of you have been adopted? I've been adopted into the family of God. To everyone watching the broadcast, see you next week. Blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Get your hands out, E-Family. It is our prayer that the peace, love, and grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ rest, rule, and abide in your life from this day forward. Help me say it, Emmanuel family. Peace. Love you. God bless you for listening to this message. It is our prayer that you receive it in Jesus' name. Emmanuel Church is building, changing, and inspiring lives through the power of Jesus Christ.